This can be played at high volume. Live and local, this is the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Saturday, and you know what that means. Finally time for the world-famous CD to step to the mic for two straight hours of no-holds-barred sports talk. It's better than Desperate Housewives. Oh, you You better get ready. Yeah! Because Under the Dome with CD starts right now. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. Good morning, beautiful people. It is a Saturday morning. It's a little chilly, but nonetheless, it is still glorious. And you know why? Because it's mid to late February. We're getting towards the tail end of the, the month, and we're getting that much closer to Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras parades. They're underway in New Orleans. They're underway in Lafayette. College baseball is underway. Open for business, baby. We got the MLB. The MLBPA are still arguing like a high school boyfriend and girlfriend. The All-Star game is officially underway. All-Star weekend underway. Slam dunk contest tonight. And we got two hours to talk all that and so much more right here on the game 1037 Laugh yet 1041 Lake Charles. You're listening to Under the Dome with CD. And of course, we're coming to you live here from the game studios. Baby, we're looking good. Woo! And again, I t- talked about it last week. In case you've been living under a rock over the last week or so, we've been we've been going through through some changes, some growing pains, if you will. And I got a lot of things to talk about with that and so much more with you. Appreciate you if you're listening in Lafayette, Lake Charles, and everywhere in between. Especially if you listen worldwide on the free mobile app, your Amazon smart speakers, whatever it is. Appreciate the heck out of you for listening into the program. And hopefully you're having a good start to your Saturday morning. But I want to kind of deviate from the norm a little bit. I would have loved to spend some time recapping what happened last night in the world of college baseball. I'll save that more for hour two. I want to recap what happened last night, especially what happened last night or last Sunday. Let me correct myself there altogether. So last Sunday in the Super Bowl, to start off this show, again, I appreciate everybody for listening in. If you want to call up 337-706-0111. 337-706-0111. Without further ado, let's get down to the brass tacks of what's causing all this on a Louisiana Saturday morning with your Saturday Sports Sermon. The famous CD is on his soapbox to start your Saturday. It's time for your Saturday Sports Sermon. The dust has settled. The confetti has been picked up along with the 30-something flags that were thrown in the final two minutes of the ballgame. And now we take a look at the state of the NFL after what was, for the most part, for the most part, one of the more boring Super Bowls. The halftime show may have been entertaining than a good chunk of that ballgame outside of the touchdown to start the second half, which, yes, OPI should have been called. But at the end of the day, we can't give a damn thing to the loss 
Angeles Rams. Just going to go ahead and leave it there. We don't let them have anything good, especially after what happened in the NFC Championship game a few years ago. I think you might know a thing or two about that, Saints fans. So I'm like Judge Mills Lane when it comes down to it and the Rams getting their just desserts on the grand stage. I'll allow it. One question does linger on in my brain, though, and it's without a doubt the question that I think a lot of us have had here in the area. It's the fact that is this a bad sign for the NFL's future? Look at the roster this team had out on the field. You just like just go take a look at what they did over the last year. They pretty much said, "Hey, we may be in Los Angeles, but we're gonna be we're gonna play like we're Las Vegas and push all our chips to the front of the table in this high limit Texas Hold'em season." They were going all in. I told y'all this months ago after the trade to get Odell Beckham Jr. It was a clear-cut statement that this team was all-in on winning a Super Bowl. If they didn't win, they were going to be all-out, and there might have been a firing of one Sean McVay. You got to look at everything. You managed to take guys who were from either teams that were law cows or revive some guys. Look at what they got during the offseason in Matt Stafford. They got, hands down, a phenomenal quarterback that had never even sniffed a Super Bowl, let alone an NFC Championship game, had never performed under the bright lights. So I I was definitely taken aback by that. But we didn't necessarily know all that was going to happen. Then you go to the regular season, you have guys like Odell Beckham Jr. You get him out of Cleveland and help single-handedly revive the career of one Von Miller. Seriously, Von Miller looked like he had spent time in the hyperbolic time chamber between the time he had started, he was in Denver, and made the trip to Los Angeles. I don't know how the hell he did it, but that guy looked so much more younger in terms of the way that he played in the Super Bowl. And you saw this team, again, push all their chips towards the front of the table. I think outside of Aaron Donald, Cam Akers, and Cooper Cup, you saw a lot of maneuvering in free agency. And again, it takes a lot of luck to pull this off, especially in the NFL where you've got a 53-man roster, and a starting 22, but that was a very stacked starting 22, and you made a statement. We're all in. We think that we have a chance to get back to the Super Bowl because remember the last time they were in the Super Bowl back in 2019, they fell flat on their face and laid an egg against the New England Patriots. Fast forward now. This team got back just a few years later. Mind you, it required Keyword required a lot of changes, and one of those being, obviously, Matt Stafford. And Stafford absolutely deserves the love that he's getting because he has always been a good quarterback. Not necessarily elite, but I think sometimes it's just the company you keep that hurts you in terms of your perception. And case in point, a team that without doubt you can say there's been a lot of bad perception, it's got to be the Detroit Lions. I mean, that guy was pretty much like Drew Brees in those 2014, 16 years for like a decade. He had the stats and the numbers. He was just throwing them like crazy because he had to to keep his teams competitive in those ballgames. 
now that he's got somebody like Cam Akers who somehow, someway was able to overcome an Achilles heel injury and play a good bit of the season and play in the Super Bowl and have a really good role in that. And I think that, you know, Cooper Cup had to pretty much be like Greg Jennings and Madden, put the team on his back after Odell Beckham Jr. sadly got suffered another knee injury on a non-contact play. You've got to start thinking. Like, you look at that. A lot of homegrown names and you have and guys that you hit in the NFL draft. They paid off in a big way. And the Rams did all of that. And it makes you wonder if the NFL will see more of these super teams be to put together like a Voltron to get a franchise their Super Bowl ring. Because it's a conversation point I think we need to have. And we've seen these super teams in the past, but I think this one was more like blatant and in your face. Because again, the Rams just two years prior were went from like penthouse to outhouse. And it makes you wonder. Could this be a situation where it could happen again not too far down the road? Because I, I just look at the NBA as a prime example. Ever since LeBron took his talents to South Beach, we saw the NBA become very, very much a copycat league and focus in on having super teams, the big three. I think now it's more so a big two if we're being quite honest with ourselves. It's become a big two type league where those two guys can either bring your team great success or things are going to fall apart. And it's been amplified, I think, 10 times since the LeBron James speech. And yes, there's been different times, namely one off the top of my head when I was growing up was the early 2000s Lakers dynasty. That felt like a ring-chasing team. The Golden State Warriors, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Miami Heat. The list goes on and on and on of guys that have won NBA championships within a super team. The Los Angeles Lakers from the COVID year, they're a prime example of that as well. The COVID year was exactly that. But I wonder how much the salary cap is going to affect more the NFL and cause that not to happen. Because you've got to feed 53 mouths on a 53-man roster along with your practice squad, guys. It's not like the NBA where, for the most part, I think you've got a 15-man roster you got to worry about, you've got to manage, you don't have to worry about all this other stuff. You've got, X, you've got so many guys, I just don't know if you can actually build a super team in that sense. Yes, you could probably wind up doing it, and guys will have to eat bleep for a little bit. You know, you'll look at the, go look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You get Antonio Brown and his crazy ass out of nowhere, and he pulls off something great just about over just about a year ago you see that it's a prime example of what i'm talking about the super bowl could be seeing super teams take over and while that's a great thing because at the end of the day you get to see star-studded matchups every year in the super bowl almost guaranteed it could lead to something akin to what we're seeing in college football or what we were seeing, especially before 2020, with us seeing Alabama-Clemson, 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 or Alabama just in it every single year, and it gets to that monotony. This year was the highest ratings ever. 130 million people I saw tuned in 
to the Super Bowl. Highest ratings of it ever. I think it's a positive. I think it's a net plus, and I'm interested to see how it's all going to turn around for the NFL, but I'm hoping we don't see this be the beginning of something. And I don't think it will because eventually egos get into it. Go look at the Saints, the 2014 till they have a Gamera, the year they drafted him in 2017. Those franchises, they had to deal with the fact that they were kind of stuck in a stun locked, if you will, with money. Go look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They could be a team where that issue is going to come up because you paid Pat Mahomes $141 million over the course of 12 years. And here's the thing. It's justifiable what you did to pay him an exorbitant amount of money. Because after all, he got you your first Super Bowl in God knows how long. And more importantly, he's that face of the franchise and he's going to keep that dynasty rolling. But I guarantee you, you won't see guys like Joe Burrow get that kind of deal. Unless you can build, because you're gonna have to build an offensive lineup around Joe Burrow. We'll talk about that more later on in the program. But that's kind of where I'm at with the NFL. Are we going to see a super team? I don't necessarily think so. Especially since you look at this season, it's the perfect thesis about why the NFL is all about any given Sunday. Any given Sunday, any given team can win, and that was a prime example of what I saw this year, because. If we're going to be honest with ourselves, nobody, and I mean nobody, had the Cincinnati Bengals making it to the Super Bowl. Even I didn't heading into the AFC Championship game, and I was a big Joe Burrow fan, and I'm a big Joe Burrow buyer in terms of his stock. The game slowed down for him, yes, and he's going to get a chance to go back, but that AFC is going to be extremely stacked. It's going to be a tough road to hoe especially if you don't get things in order on the offensive line. We'll talk about that more in hour two. In the meantime, in between time, we'll take a quick timeout here on Under the Dome. When we come back, we're going to talk about the New Orleans Saints and get to an outright discussion about where things are right now and if the New Orleans Saints are playing it just a little too safe in the here and now because it's a conversation that I've been thinking about are the Saints playing it too safe with some of their hires? And we'll have Luke Monson coming up at the bottom of this hour. Former Lafayette product and more importantly, friend of the program. We've had him on in the past, but we're having him on again. Talk about what's going on with the MLB, the MLB PA, and all the stuff involving minor league baseball and how this all kind of connects. We'll be having him on at 1030. Back after this, you're listening to Under the Dome with CD on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. This is Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 in Lafayette and also 1041 out in Lake Charles. Appreciate you listening in. We got Luke Mons coming up in about 10 minutes or so, but in the meantime and in between time, the phone lines are open. 337-706-0111-337-706-0111. And we got a conversation I want to get to, and that involves the New Orleans Saints, because I think that's something that I think a lot of us are still talking about, because obviously you lose Sean Payton, you wind up retaining 
Dennis Allen and promoting him, you go ahead and say, Dennis Allen, we're going to promote you to the job, which, again, I think he absolutely deserves the opportunity. And obviously, there's going to be a good bit of rope based off of his past experiences with the with the Raiders, then Oakland Raiders. But I think, obviously, you kind of take what he did there with a little bit of salt. With a grain or two or salt, because you know that he could probably do a lot better than what he did over there. Because the Raiders, back then, were kind of hot garbage. And then some. So, then they are starting to kind of fill out the rest of their coaching staff, get things together, and one of the more notable names that has been retained has been Pete Carmichael as the offensive coordinator. They'll still keep him there. He had declined an opportunity for a head coaching interview after Peyton had stepped away, and it was previously expected that Allen would find a new offensive coordinator, maybe even getting somebody who was a nominee, or who was a candidate, I should say not a nominee, but a candidate, to be the next head coach, and that is Eric Bieniemy. And I've said it before. I think Eric Bieniemy would have been a phenomenal candidate. But again, the statement of this team starting to be a, let's go ahead and not overhaul anything. Let's just go ahead and do a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentality. And that's fine, because that actually is a really good idea on paper because what you've done the last few years is win a lot of games. You've had a really solid record over the last three or four years. Last This year was all things considered a win year, and you, you didn't get the double-digit wins for a fourth straight year, but you still were in contention until the end of the year. And considering everything you went through with COVID, with Sean Payton, with everybody, Jameis Winston getting injured midway through the season. This was a massive success in the long run. Is it going to be the best thing in the world? No, it's not the best thing in the world. It's not, it wasn't what we expected heading into the season. But when we just take a look, and we've it's been over two months since the Saints season ended. Over a month, excuse me. Keep, the, keep forgetting that the season actually ended in like early January. So it's been about a month since the season ended. And it's been about a week since the 2021 NFL season came to an end. So we jump over to a conversation I think we need to have. Are the Saints playing it too safe when it comes to the hiring of one? Of one Pete Carmichael. Are they playing it a little bit too safe? I'm not necessarily sure if they were playing if they're playing it too safe there. I think this is the right call in terms of retaining the culture. This isn't a situation like what we saw here in Lafayette with the Raging Cajuns hiring Michael Desimo. You saw everybody's favorite head on out in Billy Napier and take a lot of guys with them. This was a situation where you know you can probably wind up keeping these guys because they are, for lack of a better word, lifers with the program if you're looking at the New Orleans Saints. The Cajuns, there's always going to be room for promotion, especially if you can have somebody like Billy Napier go ahead and 
punch your proverbial ticket and you're in, then yeah, like you're going to take that opportunity. You're going to go ahead and move up in the world. How much further do you have to move up if you're with the Saints team, especially a Saints team that can be a playoff contender with everything they have set up? They've got a phenomenal, and I mean phenomenal, defensive core. Their offense, I think, can be better. And especially if you see Michael Thomas, number one, exist on the Saints roster. Number two, you see a team be healthy and Jameis Winston looks to be back to normal. I think having a good offensive line will also help matters as well, especially with Winston as he's on the road to recovery. It's a lot like what we saw with one Joe Burrow. All kind of circles back to him, huh? It's a revolving door of the conversation. But with everything the Saints have, there is every bit of potential that they can get into the playoffs every year, if not every other year, with the current nucleus they have in place in terms of their roster. And yes, you're going to have to deal with cap hell for a little bit longer. You have to make some decisions. You're middle of a $70 million in the hole. It's not the $100 million you were last year, so it's definitely a lot more manageable. It looks like it's a lot more feasible to pull that off rather than going ahead and selling the farm, kind of like what they did last year. Because you go look at some of the guys they, that were no longer on the Saints roster from a year ago to now. You see key key name, Trey Hendrickson is a name that I can think of. Von Bell, names I can think of. And obviously, they wound up going to Cincinnati. And they had a phenomenal performance. They, they were putting in work, and I like what I've seen from this from this franchise. And those two guys alone were key contributors. Trey Hendrickson had done a great job for the Saints and parlayed that into some money. Again, the Saints should have kept him, maybe let go of somebody else, but it still worked out probably before all parties involved and for the better because the Saints weren't going to be able to give him really what he wanted. But you still have a really good defensive court. You have a really good offensive front. There is some good potential here to be a team that's going to be a 10-11 win team next year if everything works out right. That's the key word there. If everything works out right, if COVID's not an issue, if injuries aren't an issue, there is a really good chance. In my mind, and yes, it's a fan perspective. It is a fan perspective without a doubt. But I think the New Orleans Saints can make the playoffs next year. It's going to be a very tough road when you look at their opponents in 2022, but I think it's a lot more feasible than you think. Obviously, you're going to have to go deal with the Ravens. You're going to have to deal with the Rams, the 49ers, the Bengals, everywhere in between. But I like their chances a lot more to be an above 500 franchise more than anything. All right, it's Under the Dome with CD right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. We'll take a quick timeout. If we come back, we're going to have Lafayette native and manager for the Salem Red Sox, part of the Boston Red Sox organization. We're going to have him on to talk about what's going on with the State of the Union in the MLB, the MLBPA negotiations, and how it's affecting minor league baseball it's always a good conversation with him we'll have them on in just a few minutes 
You're listening to Under the Dome with CD, and we're back after this. The world famous CD may be in his 30s, but he's still a kid at heart. <laughs> now, let's get back to a guy that has an unhealthy obsession with a number that offensive linemen wear with Under the Dome with the world famous CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 in Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's been way too long since I've been able to talk to our next guest. And that's a lot on me because after all, I do book the guest. I put this whole thing together. But it feels like the perfect time to get him on as the MLB is definitely in front of mine for yours truly. Big fan of the world of baseball, especially Major League Baseball. Everything going on with the negotiations between the MLB and MLBPA are always an interesting topic. And I think now, as we're hearing some rumor and innuendo about what it means for minor league baseball, it feels like a perfect opportunity to have this guy aboard. My next guest was drafted by the Montreal Expos in 2003 and has spent time with several different organizations, including a stint in the show with the Oakland A's. He formerly coached the Acadiana King Cutters and is now the manager of the Class A Salem Red Sox, part of the Boston Red Sox organization. He is Luke Montz. Luke, how have you been? I'm great. Thank you. Uh, as always, appreciate you having me on. And it's always a great topic to talk baseball. It's that time of the year. And, you know, in, in the pro game, it seemed like it's always that time of the year. But, uh, a lot of things going on right now, you know, a lot of uncertainty in the air, but as you talked about and, and what I do, you know, there's still minor league baseball and, and there's minor league guys that still got to get better. So it's about that time of the year and ready to get going. I mean, and we're starting to see some of those schedules come out. I remember seeing that thing a few weeks ago, seeing some of those pop up. That's that's when you came in mind. I was like, hey, I'm seeing Luke Mott's pop up and seeing some of the announcements of managers and everything, seeing how it all shakes out. I'm like, I need to have Luke on very soon. And then I started to hear more about minor league baseball that's kind of what to start this conversation off with because it's been treated a little bit poorly in the middle of these negotiations and uh, i mean just based on the last couple of years you have the teams get taken away you see all this stuff go down and some of the higher classifications could have the start of their seasons delayed after they already dropped their schedules is there any truth to those rumors of that actually being something that could happen or Will we continue to see minor league baseball kind of go as planned? You know, the good thing is is minor league baseball will go as planned. You know, we, we take off tomorrow and, and make our trip down to Fort Myers, Florida, and, you know, we'll start off with an early mini camp with a, a few of our top prospects and then and lead right into spring training with the minor league guys. Um, you know, as you know, and a lot of fans and across the country, there's a lot of uncertainty right now with – you know, MLB and the MLB Player Association, you know, so they're, they're still doing their negotiation and, and, and going back and forth. Um, you know, but my role and my title as a minor league manager is, is, is to do that job. And um, the news that we're hearing, the information that we're getting is the minor league season is still going to go. Uh, we're still going to play a 142-game season and, and, and try to get those guys better and, and go from there. I think that would be what y'all would want to have, especially when you look at the minor leagues because – 
going back to 2020 when the season was shut down for the minor leagues, these franchises, these teams need that revenue heading into 2022 and more likely than not countrywide, nationwide. We'll be having full attendance in a lot of these ball games, no more restrictions, no nothing. And this is going to be fun to see how it is now that you're managing the Salem Red Sox, you were managing the Lowell Spinners in 2019, then you didn't play in 2020, and the MLB shut down a lot of programs, namely the Spinners, and now you've been managing Salem the last couple of years. But what it's been like for you these last two years being involved in the minors and kind of dealing with all the fluctuations? It, you know, it, it's, it's been a challenge. You know, like you said, we went through the COVID season. We went through the season that was canceled. Uh, you know, we stayed back home, and we were sent home for two weeks of spring training saying we'll, we'll, we'll be back in, you know, say, say a month, and we never went back. And then you go back to the next season, and there's still a lot of restrictions. You know, these guys are with the mask and, and COVID tests and doing all. You know what? you got to give it to these young men. They, they, they got through it. They did what they had to do to play their season. And, and something you just briefly talked about is would be strange is, you know, they missed that whole season. And you talk about minor league baseball, you're talking about development, trying to get these guys better, trying to get these guys to progress and get to the big leagues. It would be super hard for these guys to miss another year if something happened with the MLB and MLB Player Association. You know, so as as long as right now we're still going, and the minor league season is going to go, it's great for those young men. You know, it's great for those guys that never got a taste. A lot of these guys are in A ball. Um, you know, it's going to be tough for the guys that might be on the. You know, there's going to be a lot of guys that are on the 40 man roster that are part of MLB that might not be able to play their their minor league season because they're on that roster. You know, so. That'd be a lot of time for these young men to miss in, in what a two year, three year span, you know. So, but there's been some challenges. There's been some, uh, it's been fun, you know. It, there's been some times where we dug deep to get these guys through it and, and all the COVID stuff, you know. But uh, these guys are hungry and, and, and ready to get back after it. Talking now with Luke Montz, manager of the Salem Red Sox, right here on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 out in Lake Charles. And just looking at everything from your perspective, you were a former player. What's your perspective on everything that's been going on with the negotiations? Because I I cannot remember a time where there's just been that much of a threat of a season being stopped or being paused or what have you. Going back to 2002, whenever at like the zero hour, the MLB and the MLBPA came to an agreement just before the season came to an end. But what's been your perspective from a as being a former player, I'm sure you were involved in some of these negotiations. You started to hear some of those things bantied about whenever you were in the league. Yeah, you know, I always I sit there and talk with my wife about it, you know, and I sat and have now sat in both sides of the party. You know, I was a player for a while and snuck up to the big leagues just for a, a little bit of time and, and got to sit in those, you know, every year in, in big league camp, you sit in those player association meetings, you know, and it's, it's closed-door meetings. You know, there's no staff. There's no front office. That's players only. And, and now I'm on the other side as a staff, um, you know, and just the love of the game that I have and, and what I care about of baseball. And, you know, I've got great friends. I've got uh, teammates that i played with that are still playing. And it, it, it's just so much back and forth, you know. In the long run, you know, both sides of the party, the, the biggest thing is you would love to just see it get done, um, get baseball back rolling in the right direction for our country, for our fan base. And, and, and um, you know, everybody says, well, what's the right reason? What, what, what is your right reason? Well, you know, to, to, to a lot of people, it's the greatest game out there. You know, baseball is just such a great game, and, and you get the Red Sox, Yankees, and, and the Astros, and the Dodgers. You know, you just get sellout crowds, and 
just get baseball back to that. You know, there's there's so much back and forth with with money and this and that, and I think fans can get fed up. You know, and that's the last thing you want to see is, is you lose fans, you lose that fan base of, of of the game. And you know, you mentioned it earlier. It's going to be interesting to see if we start the season on time in minor league baseball, and MLB doesn't. What, what would those fans do? Would those fans come out and support those minor league guys a lot more and, and pack the stadium and and watch some minor league baseball, some good top prospects, you know. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, in the long run, it would just be it'd be great to, to have these guys meet and, and knock this out and, and get baseball going again. Exactly. And, you know, getting this thing started on time is probably going to be the biggest key in all of this. And do you expect the season to start, and I'm saying relatively speaking on time, because it feels like the start date of the season that's etched in stone right now that's probably going to be wiped away. I think at best in terms of a net positive for the sport is possibly being like late April, very early May as a start date if these negotiations continue to kind of lag on. Yeah, you know, you, you see yesterday or day before, they already backed up, you know, 14 or 15 um, big league camp spring training games, you know, so that's a hint towards something. You know, like I said, and I don't have answers to anything, but – it just kind of show you that, you know, the deeper this goes, um, the more days that are missed, the more days that um, there's nothing set in stone that it's just going to push back into that start date, you know. So these guys got to ramp up. These guys got to get down there and, and, and do some things to, to get ready for the season. They're not just going to throw these guys in the fire and start the season in, in two or three days, you know. So um, the more it drags and the deeper it gets into it, you can see that start date of the season just be pushed back and pushed back and, you know, it's kind of you get text messages from friends and family members and people that just care about baseball, and they're like, "What you got? What you got?" I have no answers. You know, a lot of people have no answers yet, and 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 it's just a wait and hold, see to see. But the next thing you think would be coming out is, you know, Major League Baseball has been delayed and 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 so forth. You know, so again, you know, my biggest topic and on my side of it as a staff member now, and you just want to see this get get done the right way. Um, you know, you want to see these negotiations go smoothly. Um, get it done, and, and, and the fan base, the people across the country that care about baseball and, 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 and care about these players and the owners and the teams, you know, but let's get it wrapped up and, and let's get baseball going. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Luke Montz, manager of the Salem Red Sox on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 in Lake Charles. And, you know, we talk about possibly the, the season starting, relatively speaking, on time. And let's just let's just throw out the hypothetical here while we're at it. Is hypothetically what happens if the MLB decides to be like ninety four, ninety five season where you see this thing get kind of held held up, and we see a long term work stoppage? How much can that affect the sport? Because after all, one of the big reasons why you saw such a big boom not long after was because of the rise of the of the big ball, the gorilla ball guys like Barry Bonds, the Chase. Or that Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, it feels like the chance of having lightning strike twice is slim to none. And knowing how much apathy some fans have for the for baseball, especially based off of what's happened the last couple of years, thanks to the COVID nineteen pandemic, and we saw the MLB and the MLBPA just basically have a good old Mexican standoff, and you're just sitting there wondering how, like, who's going to blink first? It just feels like. All this constant bickering is finally coming to a head. But if we see a work stoppage for the season or however long it is, how much is that is that going to affect 
the growth and the state of Major League Baseball? You know, that's a great question, a great topic. You know, you're asking me, and I think a lot. You know, I just think, and you just talked about it again, you know, just what's happened, and not just in parts of our country, the South, the East, the West, and just what's happened in our country over the last couple of years with the pandemic and COVID and what's still going on. And now you have this, you know, and, and, and like I said, we talked about it's such a big game. It's such a, um, a, a well-respected sport, you know, to a lot of us, it's the greatest game out there. And I just, you don't want to see that happen. You don't want to see the fans just get frustrated and, and, and lose majority. You know, it's hard to say who you, who you would lose and, and whatnot, but you know, there's a lot of people that would get hurt. You know, a lot of things that, fans or just a regular don't understand there's people that work at those spring training games you know that's a job for them there's people that work at the stadiums that that's a job for them you know so um it's just like an ugly situation and you just hope that you know it's tough and there's a lot of that goes on behind the scenes that a lot of us don't know about you know that they could just nip in the butt and get after it and and do it the right way uh do it what's what's best for both sides what is that i don't have the answer um you know but for them to think about the fan base in this country and what it means to a lot of people to go out there and, and go to a games and attend games. Um, I would hate to see that as myself. I'd speak for a lot of others. We, we would hate to really see that. And, you know, we talked about it earlier. It doesn't affect our minor league season. At least those guys will, will get to go and get after it and, and have a season, but you would really hate to see a major league baseball not start on time and then maybe get deeper into the season and not play as many games as a full schedule. Luke, thank you so much for coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Continued success with you and the Salem Red Sox again as the minor league baseball season looks to be getting started on time. That's the key word there, on time. Hopefully it does get – hopefully everything does indeed get settled in a quick and efficient manner, and we don't have to keep hearing about 15-minute meetings where nothing's resolved. Absolutely. As always, thanks for having me on, and – um, love to talk the game and, and get after it. Let's get baseball back going. I uh, appreciate it, Luke. Always just a fantastic conversation with somebody like that that is so ingrained with the sport of baseball. Again, spent some time in the a lot of time in the minors. Was able to play in the show for a few years, playing with the Oakland A's. One of the big highlights of that. I almost had to talk to him about Bob Melvin, but I was like, I was like, I'm gonna save that for another day and another topic that we're gonna have down the road obviously I want to spend more time talking about the incessant bickering I said at the beginning of the show they are bickering like a bitter high school boyfriend and girlfriend relationship that's exactly what it feels like over there and it's the billionaires arguing with millionaires over money and that probably sours a lot of the casual fan which is what the MLB is trying to capture if we're being quite honest with each other. That's what they're trying to capture over the next few years. But they continue to louse it up, and this is where we are at as a baseball-loving society. It's just where it's been for a very long time, and I'm wondering when the hell are we going to get out of that because it's time for that to to go away and time for it to kind of change up a little bit again. That's just one guy's opinion. But we'll go ahead and take a quick timeout. You're listening to Under the Dome right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. When we come back, we're going to have a conversation about 
My picks to click for this week, a five-leg parlay. My Super Bowl one didn't go all that well. Thanks a lot, Jamar Chase. But we'll talk about that and more when we come back right here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 in Lake Charles. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Got enough time to kind of get in some picks to click for this weekend, but before we do that, we got to take a step back and look at last weekend's five-game parlay that had some intrigue. I'll say that much. Had a lot of intrigue and a lot of promise. And it goes back to the Super Bowl. And the LA Rams money line, Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase both scoring touchdowns at any time. Matt Stafford over 274 and a half and over 109 and a half receiving yards for Cooper Cup. The only two that didn't cash were Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup. That would have netted me a really nice payday, but it didn't. It is what it is. We move on again. It's a small amount of money that we throw down every single week, $5. Again, not. I'm not a high-stakes guy. Like, In fact, last weekend, I actually wound up going to a local sports book. I won't mention names because I, I'm just not. But I wound up going to a local sports book last weekend and put down about $20 total in like four bets. I had a $5 parlay, a six-leg parlay on the UFC fights last weekend and was one leg shy of that cash and was $200. But I did wind up also winning $42.50 off of a Tai Tuivasa knockout. That was a plus $325. Thank you very much. Very nice kind of cash. But today, we're going to go ahead and move on and jump ahead to a five-game parlay for the action this weekend. Four college games and one NBA. Because I'm not going to go ahead and bother with the dunk contest or any of that stuff. I'm going straight to the All-Star game. So for this, we're going Auburn money line against the Florida Gators. They're minus 180. That feels like it's an easy cash. Auburn's been on a tear. Only one loss in the SEC. They're going to be a strong, probably one seed when it's all said and done. Michigan State, that game is going to be coming up in a few hours. I got them on the money line against Illinois. They're plus 105 dogs. It's going to be a closed ball game. Both these teams on a little bit of a downturn, so somebody's got to win. I think Michigan State's time is due. Notre Dame, I got them covering against Wake Forest at plus 5.5 the spread. That's a minus 110. Then we throw in a Davidson money line against St. Louis, a minus 140. The spread for this is huge. So I got to just at least get the money line so I can kind of breathe a little bit. Then we go to the NBA. LeBron James versus Kevin Durant. Team, Team Braun versus Team KD. I'm going with Team LeBron on the money line. He's been undefeated. 
as the leader of a team in the All-Star game since they wound up going to this format. And they're minus 200. So for this, and this is coming off of DraftKings, I have this a $5 bet, $5 bet on a five-pick parlay, and there's boost this weekend for college basketball. So the odds for this went up to plus 1535 off a 10% boost. So if that all cashes this weekend, $81.79 comes your way. But you know what else comes your way? More of Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station will open it up next. Some talk about college baseball. We'll get to that and more next. 